weird history is something I live for and enjoy seeking out. It's what makes studying history more fun. Yes, everybody knows the standard events, people, and their stories. But what about the hidden quirks? The stuff brushed under the rug because it's too weird or just odd and they think it's irrelevant. Take, take this for instance. There's a story in my family that a relative came over on one of the first two ships after the Mayflower. How is that weird? Well, as the story goes, uh, he managed to sneak aboard the ship by hiding in one of the pickle barrels that was loaded onto it. See, those are the stories I would love if they included a normal history class, like tantalizing little morsels that keep students interested. We all have weird moments in our history, and it's part of our story. When you dig down into these moments and look at the reasons behind the weird, sometimes they're just as strange. <laughs> We have all started argu some arguments over strange reasons, and have our reasons for doing strange things. But have they ever led to a riot? Riots in history are what grabs attention, because the reason it started is the lesson we need to learn. But what happens when it intersects with weird history? My name is Emilio. And today, we're looking back at a couple of weird riots that took place in the world. While the names may make them weird, the reasons aren't always in the same category. Before I start, please remember to subscribe and follow me on Instagram at Explores if you haven't already, as well as hop on over to iTunes to give me a rate and review. Now, let's dive in. Our first stop in history takes us back to October 2nd, 1766, to a goose fair in Nottingham, England. The fair started out in the early years with just geese, but it evolved into what, look, what would look like a modern-day farmer's market. This day, though, would be different, <laughs> as that is, this is when the cheese riot happened. What started it? Well, all across Europe that year, there had been a poor harvest that was causing food shortages. As a result, the prices of food were raised and some merchants were wanting to take their wares and sell them in more prof profitable countries. Naturally, this angered the people of Britain. At this particular time, Cheese was very popular item, due, and due to the food shortages, the prices were marked up to 28 to 36 shillings, or the equivalent of 140 to 180 pounds, which comes out to approximately $101 to $130 per hundredweight, and the hundredweight is equal to 100 pounds. I know that last one sounded obvious, but... I've had days where 2 plus 2 didn't make sense, and I, I just wanted to explain this in case anyone was having one of those days. Anyway, that's a hundred pounds of cheese that people are getting for this price. That may seem extreme, and you might be wondering, why didn't they just small, buy small amounts with what they had? 
Well, with with winter approaching, they were trying to get food, get the food they needed to survive, and the prices were more than the locals could really afford. At least that's my 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 slightly educated guess. I mean, every time there's talk of inflating food prices, like right now, there's talk of increase on pork products like bacon and the price increasing. There there will always be complaints about how people won't be able to afford it. There's always someone to say something about any change. That's that's history, that's life. Plus, at this time, cheese was sold in large wheels. And some of those were the size of barrels. And I'm talking, like, whiskey barrel-sized. What finally started this riot? There were some traders from Lincolnshire. That's about 29 to 30 miles, or about 62 to 69 kilometers away. Purchasing large amounts of cheese to take back to their county so they could sell for profit. This was the spark. The locals demanded the merchants sell the cheese back to the people of Nottingham, but they refused. And that's when the looting began. Warehouses, shops, and even cargo boats. Any place where they could get this cheese, they, they were completely pilfered by the crowds. I mean, among all these merchants making up, marking up the cheese prices, there were a couple that kept their prices reasonable, but... When the mob got unruly and the riot started, they they were just... The mob didn't care. They, they weren't safe anymore. The locals, I mean, they even went so far as to set up roadblocks preventing anyone from leaving with any cheese. Now, I love cheese as much as the next person, even if my digestive tract does not. I mean, this feels super extreme for me, even at the time. But it's easy to look back at history and make these comments. Getting back to our story, while authorities did detain a few people, the mob found out they descended on them and obviously the authorities, that they felt they had no choice but to release them, so they did. To give you an image of just the chaos in the streets of Nottingham, People were rolling these wheels and barrels of cheese every which way they could go, anywhere to escape. And probably to the joy of the crowd, there was a hilarity moment when even the mayor got knocked over in all this kerfuffle. But when the mayor couldn't gain control, the nearby dragoons were called in. Think uh, military. And they did manage to get some semblance of order returned. I mean, while this sounds like just a crazy day at the market from some people who were just very upset over the price of cheese, it, it lasted a little bit longer. <laughs> there were several days following where the cheese had to be escorted with armed guards. Think about that. Cheese needed the same protection as those money trucks transporting their cargo. I, I mean, this is a little mind, this is a little boggling, but the the riot, as weird as it may seem, it was not started for a re weird reason. I mean, 
as I said, there's always a lesson to be learned from how these riots started. Our next one, though, that that one isn't quite the same, and it shows the power of a simple rumor. The year is 1864, and the place is Leicester. Our story starts with an impressive balloon ride of one Henry Coxwell and a meteorologist, Dr. James Glacier, Glacier, I believe. I apologize for any mispronunciations. When they soared up to the stratosphere, out of simple curiosity, they just went up there. What followed, rather, what happened was the doctor went temporarily blind and then passed out. As for Coxwell, he almost followed suit, as he had already lost feelings in his hands, but managed to save them both by opening the valve cord with his teeth. He, he was a hero. He received an invite to appear at the Order of Forester's Feet in Leicester, and admirers gathered from all around to see him as he was as he said that he was bringing his new balloon, Britannia. Once the crowd gathered and Coxwell began the pre-flight prep, that's when the trouble started. A gentleman in the crowd began a rumor that the balloon Coxwell had brought was not the shiny new balloon that was promised. And, as always... The rumor flew far faster than the truth. The mood shifted within the crowd, and they began to get rowdy, as all disgruntled crowds do. People who had paid for tickets to ride in the balloon kind of took the first action, as they began boarding, boarding in the basket before the balloon was fully inflated and ready to go. And the rest of the crowd, they began clamoring forward, trying to get to the balloon itself. One man who managed to get into the basket was inciting the crowd with gestures and naughty language that did did its work as intended. <laughs> Finally, Coxwell had just had enough and threatened to release the gas that had already been blown into the balloon. I mean, it, it wasn't quite ready yet. He was still in the pre-flight prep. When the crowd merely responded with more lewd comments and gestures, he followed through with his threat. It was an unmistakable odor of gas that flowed through the air as the balloon began a dramatic deflation. We've all smelled gas. Everyone knows the sulfur, rotten egg smell that goes along with it. But the true escalation began when the balloon landed, deflated on the ground. Hordes rushed forward and began shredding the balloon as well as trying to attack Coxwell in the process. I mean, these people were so angry over a rumor that they were being duped it, that it drove them to pure hysterics. Coxwell himself was, he was almost caught up in the mob. Like, people were trying to get at him and rip his clothes off and beat him. But, I mean, he was rescued from the crowd, barely, and managed to get to a house, safely into a house where the chaos wouldn't reach him. 
unfortunately, a bystander who looked like him took the brunt of the mob as his clothes were ripped off while he was being physically attacked. As for the balloon, I think it got the worst of the deal. Some people took as some people took advantage of the opportunity because as the crowds rushed forward the minute the balloon hit the ground they started shredding it to scraps there the people who took advantage of this collected the scraps and began selling them off as souvenirs while the rest of the balloon had been burned and then paraded through the streets like some victorious kill on a hunt <laughs> I mean, the basket itself had just been totally burned to ash, but the the balloon bits, people felt the need to triumphantly carry them through the streets. Comments were made that such barbarous ignorance had rarely been witnessed before, and in the town, the locals blamed those who came from out of town for the cause of the riot and raucous behavior, but nonetheless... This nickname, this incident, gave a nickname to everyone in, in Leicester as Balloonatics. I mean, we, we've all been bamboozled before, I'm sure. And if you think you haven't, maybe you were bamboozled a little too well. <laughs> or maybe you just weren't because you are that smart. That is possible. But to get so worked up over a rumor? This is one weird start that people were upset it, it it wasn't the right balloon like that was the whole cause of this but yet no one asked how the man knew it wasn't the real balloon this just shows people's faith in others and wanting to believe the negativity more more a little more than the truth for me personally after getting into journalism for now, it's just second nature to start asking these questions on an everyday basis. Like, how do you know? Like, what is your source? Like, tell me. what. How do you know this is true? There are people, actually, I can't have conversations with because I ask too many questions about where they got their information. And sometimes they're just frustrated because they don't always remember. And I've, I've been there. I've had those moments. But... It's, it's so hard to shut off, so <laughs> it's truly hard to see, like, a specific point of view without, with only the blinders on because I've trained my mind just to observe kind of from the outside to try and see both sides and record the facts. Getting back to our story, I can't quite understand why the crowd felt the need to destroy the balloon and nearly kill a man that... Moments before this riot broke out, they were calling a hero. But hey, that's history. Sometimes it's odd and hard to understand, but we do our best to try. Speaking of odd, our last riot, it, it just got a giggle from the name from me. And, and when I first saw it, I was so confused and curious at the same time, it just, I had to include it even though I couldn't find as much information as I wanted. This one takes us back to July 12, 1855 in Toronto. 
I think, what is it with the 1800s and fierce rioting over odd things? I'm, I think I'm going to take a closer look on that in my own time. And if I ever happen to figure out this wonderful mystery, I, I'll let you, I'll let you guys know. Um, so back to the story. Apparently Toronto was a pretty rough place to be in the 1800s, but not so bad that, you know, the circus wouldn't come to town and stop off and everything. And reportedly, the circus performers were a lot tougher. I mean, considering our modern day image of circus performers, yeah, they were a lot. They were more like roadies than clowns piling into a car, is the description I found. However, unlike the first two riots, this riot did not start in the streets. The clown and firefighter riot took place in a brothel. If you didn't quite catch that comedy sketch line, uh, again, the clown and firefighter riot started in a brothel. Uh, that really sounds like something out of a sat Saturday Night Live sketch, but I doubt their writers could have even come up with this. The spark that set this off is a little unclear. But it's either a firefighter knocked off the clown a clown's hat or a a clown cut in line ahead of them at the brothel but chaos definitely followed inside the brothel fist flew as men from the hook and ladder firefighter company took on the clowns of the sb house star troop menagerie and circus however our story doesn't end after the fight in the brothel subsided. Apparently, the firemen, they, they could not leave well enough alone. And, oh, sorry, <laughs> you might hear a collar jingling. Jade is, my cat Jade, producer, is in the background leering at me from my bed. Okay, not leering, maybe just staring at me. But, um, anyway, sorry, back to our story. Apparently the firemen didn't leave well enough alone and, and they gathered locals and stormed the surface. They, they, they pelted rocks at them. They threw things. The circus performers ran for their safety. And that, that, that's pretty much the end of it. <laughs> it is pretty much the end of what I could find. While I know this last story was short and sweet, it, it kind of speaks for itself just from the name. I mean, riots may have funny names and the whole affair may cause us to scratch our heads or just, just laugh. But when it comes down to it, they are all lessons to be learned, no matter how weird the start of it is. Thank you everyone for listening and hopefully you're still continuing to enjoy the show. Next week, we'll leave the, the past behind and pull a topic from the jar of random I keep at my desk for when I can't decide what to talk about. I actually came up with this when I, uh, when I started this podcast and I figured I'd be drawing from it a lot more because I wasn't sure how many ideas I'd have. So, I'm gonna 
draw the topic right now. Let's see here. Shake it up. Hmm, what do we got? Yeah, grab this one. Hmm. Okay. Looks like uh looks like we're going back to nature. Not to the ocean, but uh you'll see. Hopefully there are lovers of the American National Parks out there, and I'll see if I can find some weirdness in the history. Uh, please follow me on Instagram at AmerialExplores. I do have a Twitter, but it's not very active. I'm, I'm mostly on Instagram. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast as well as give a rate and review on iTunes. Those really go a long way in, help, in helping out my little show. All sources are listed in the description below. Royalty-free music is from Pixabay and was composed by Fanchi Sanchez. Stay curious, my friends, in this wonderfully strange world of ours. And I'll see you next week. Until then, safe exploring, everyone. <laughs>